Hi everyone, welcome to the Conway Catholic Podcast, a podcast where people can get together and talk about random things ranging from life in college, our nerdy interests, a Catholic church, and basically kind of whatever pops in our brains. I am Casey Miller, your host and campus minister, and this week I am especially excited to welcome to our podcast an alumni and a friend who is no stranger to the various random projects Conway Catholic has tried to launch in the last couple of years, but I will let them introduce themselves so that I won't inevitably forget one of the many cool things they're doing or one of their many, many talents. So uh, Bernard, welcome to the podcast. Hey, and thank you for having me. Um, I was doing weird things on the camera (laughs) as you were giving the intro, which describes me perfectly. Um, So uh, how to describe myself? I uh, grew up in Arkansas for the most part. I um, lived in BB for most of my life, Um, then went to Hendricks um, and an alum from there. Um, I... Graduated in 17 with a degree in applied math and a minor in secondary education. Uh, And I am currently teaching um, math and computer science uh, up in Blyville, Arkansas. Um, This is my fourth year here. Um, And yeah, and I've been involved with my church um, ever since. Um, Since this is a Catholic podcast, I guess I'll talk about that. Um, so I have always been very involved with a uh, youth group. Um, I have done a lot of things with the diocese. Um, and I actually worked as um, a youth minister for a year in college. And then I did uh, three years um, here in Blyville at Immaculate Conception. Um, took some time away this year because I am also pursuing my master's in educational equity. Um, which I guess we'll come back around to later um, at some point. But um, yeah, just juggling a lot of things. Um, and here I am. So uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, how is, uh, I mean, we got to do the the question in the room. How has it been being a teacher during kind of the state of the world right now with uh, quarantine and uh, COVID and all of that stuff? Hmm, that is a great question. (laughs) It has been very hard. Um, So I am constantly thinking about um, and constantly second guessing myself about um, a lot of the things that are happening. Um, So am I really giving my students all that they that they need? Um, am I supporting them in the best way possible? Um, are my kids being taken care of in, in every way? And, um, I don't know the answer to those. Um, and I definitely don't know them in the same way that I did last year. And on top of that, I like very much, um, have honestly just a difference of opinions about like how to take action with, um, with all of this as opposed to my school. And it's very hard um, thinking that like, I can like, honestly that like um, there can be more done, um, but feeling kind of stifled in that sense. Um, With that said, um, I very much enjoy um, connecting with my students, especially now, and realizing that even just like seeing them for a few minutes um, on camera, um, especially if they're virtual, like makes a whole bunch of difference. Um, I have just recently started like doing like individual student check-ins with all of my virtual students because I honestly like don't have that many. And um, it's it's really nice to be able to just like talk to my student and say, hey, like honestly, like how are you doing? And And to see them like um, kind of um, connect with me in a, in a way that hasn't been working before. And so um, it's, for me, this year has been really about like living in the small moments and largely recognizing that um, there is only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. 
and we have to affect change where we can. And so um, there is, I sometimes forget about this, but it was honestly such a huge influence to me growing up, but there's the serenity prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Um, courage to change the things I can and, and wisdom to know the difference. Um, there's a whole second stanza that I honestly didn't knew, know um, existed until like a few years ago. But um, but even that first stanza like really speaks to me about, um, hey, like there are things that you can do and you should do them, but also like recognize your limits and um, don't put undue burdens on yourself because of things you cannot change. Yeah, that's been the hardest uh, thing with with campus ministry. And you were a huge part of that when you were in college is like how to balance like the desire to like be with people. And like I know for a fact that like being face to face with someone is so much more um, life giving than like a lot of the other ways we communicate with people. Um, but I also am very keenly aware <clears throat> of the the various levels of need and uh, situations within our campus ministry. So, like, um, some of the people we ministered to, their school was not in session. I mean, it was in session, but not in person. Um, while others were completely, fully normal on campus and others were a hybrid, uh, some students were opting to go to other colleges. So because they were online to save money, which is super smart. Um, but it it just creates all these various barriers. And it was a very interesting um, mental gymnastics to try to figure out how to meet all those needs while understanding some students absolutely can't come to anything in person because they're at risk or some of our staff are at risk or our space is too small. And so it it kind of forced us to be way more creative Hence the podcast, which has been brewing for a while, but it took a pandemic to get it bumped up the priority <laughs> list. Um, you know, yes, I would love to do AO and do socials and silly games where we're like putting makeup <laughs> on somebody without seeing them. Like, you know, when you put your arms through their elbows and like, you put it, I'm gesturing through the camera, um, which is pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, you know, because that's just fun and that's how we connect as human beings. But mm-hmm. um, it has been a blessing to be able to have video chats and um, uh, live streams. And um, uh, St. Joseph's opening their church so that we can have mass there. Uh, when our space was too small. And so um, it's been super frustrating. There has been these moments of hope and and faith. And so it would be really cool to hear kind of those moments um, in your life, in your uh, education uh, background of like where those moments of creativity have uh, kind of blossomed. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's very true that like, we have got, we have needed to become very creative about like, how we connect um, to to people, um, especially in this time. And I was just thinking about how like, this pandemic has been very much of a blessing um, in that, um, one, like we've had this burden of like, here's a virus. Um, and like, we need to make sure that we take care of each other um, and do what it takes um, to to protect ourselves and each other. Right. Right. Um, and on the other side of that coin, I think it's highlighting changes that need to be made mm-hmm. um, and things that are important to us. Um, and so skipping over the social issues right now, um, <laughs> cause I know we'll get into it. Um, but, um, what I think 
I have really gained from this is like how important a lot of my relationships are and like what I will do in order to make those things um, prosper. And so um, I know that like even before the pandemic, like I like there were a certain set of people that I would like can like just uh, end up contacting pretty regularly. Um, And so um, I like would uh, call um, Luke and Colleen, um, other alumni, um, and we would talk at least once a week. Um, there was definitely a period when we were talking like every day and it was ridiculous. Um, I would talk to, uh, my best friend Chance, um, which shout out to him. His birthday was yesterday. Um, so, um, yesterday being November 11th, 11th. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, so I, I think it showed that like, Hey, like when, if, when I make, um, time and effort, like these things will, will prosper. And like, I found myself connecting more and more to, to people that I wanted to connect to. Um, so, uh, people like my college friends and like my friends, um, whenever I was on missionary staff at the Pines, um, like we started zooming together, like every, at least every month or so. And, mm-hmm. and so it's just like, Hey, like, these are people that I haven't seen. And like, honestly, like it would take us like organizing a whole, uh, a whole event, um, in a whole weekend somewhere else for us to get together. And now like, we're just showing up on Google meet or Google hangouts because we can Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it was, it was really cool to see that and to see that like, oh, hey, like these people like are very important to me and like, I feel very important to them. And like that, that does a lot for you, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it makes, it makes the sacrifices we've had to make to care for, you know, the, you know, the elderly and the people with healthcare conditions healthcare conditions, medical conditions, um, that much more, uh, not easy to handle, but it makes us more capable of handling the things that we have to do in the distance, the physical distance we have to uh, maintain because there are so many ways to connect and, and so many friend groups are reconnecting during this because they're not overly occupying their their schedules with stuff to do um they're realizing how how uh, refreshing and life-giving it is to just sit down and chit chat with someone over absolutely nothing for 15 minutes a couple times a week like it brightens your week it makes it all the other stuff we have to deal with so much easier um You you've brought up a couple times, you know, some social issues and and you're getting your master's degree in educational equity. So I figured this would be a great kind of pivot because a lot of the the stuff we've talked about with dealing with the pandemic and quarantine very much hinges on care for others. And so I wanted to kind of start with asking, like, what is educational equity? Um, cause I know that was something we've talked about in the past that I mm-hmm. didn't even know you can get a degree in that, you knew mm-hmm. kind of what it was, but, um, I'm sure a lot of people don't, uh, know what those words together mean. They know, they may mm-hmm. know what they mean separately, but how does it work together? Yeah. Yeah. So I had an interesting conversation, uh, the other weekend where I had to explain this. Um, and once you get into like your like profession and like you start getting into the jargon like you kind of just like start using these like buzzwords um and you're just like oh yeah like this is cool educational (laughs) equity like inclusion diversity like da 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 and then when people like legit ask you like "Mm, what does it mean you're just like um well (laughs) um." i know what it means i don't know how to say what it means (laughs) yeah um, so I had that I had that encounter um, the other weekend, and uh, so like, <laughs> perfect. I'm prepared for this. Um, nice. So, 
Um, I, I do want to kind of break it down. Um, I've been doing this with my with my students, so um, get ready. <laughs> uh, but let's to kind of break it down. Um, equity um, kind of comes from the root word of of equal, right? Um, so it's this idea that like people um, have the same thing, um, but equality really means um, like people um, receive the same resources, right? Um, right? That they are given the same things um, in order to succeed. <clears throat> Whereas equity like changes the script a little bit and says, okay, there are actually people who like don't need as much. Like they, they, they already have like, whether innately or through their own experiences, like they have enough resources um, or uh, like we don't need to give them as much. Let's focus and and turn towards those who are more in need um, and say, OK, like what what do we really need to give you um, so that you can succeed? So it's it's kind of switching this idea of like equality and resources and turning that into equality of success um, so that people are reaching the same place, um, even though they may receive different or more or um, whatever kind of resources in order to get there. Like that is our goal. We want everyone to be in the same place. Right. Um, and so adding on that adjective ed educational, like we're definitely looking into more of the classroom and the school. So like, I want all of my students to succeed. Um, Timmy here may just need me to check in on him <clears throat> once or twice a week hmm. just to push him to do that. Um, Johnny over here might need me to like send him an email every single day saying, Hey, like, here's a video lesson. Hey, here's, um, some like, uh, instructions on this activity. Um, while Susan over here is killing it and it's just like, nah, I'm good. Every time, like I peek my head over the fence, like, um, so like, it's this idea that like my students are going to be at different places in their learning and my job as a teacher and as a <clears throat> stakeholder in my educational community is for me to address the needs that they have individually and make sure they all get to, um, a place where they can succeed fully in life. Nice. Um, so how does that, uh, I guess mesh with kind of your passion and your interest in Catholic social teaching. Let me tell you. <laughs> he just got so excited. <laughs> okay, so I and like it's it's very interesting because, like, I have had a heart for service like my entire life. Um, I don't think there was ever a moment when I wasn't like. Maybe, maybe whenever I was a teenager, there was like points when I was just like, it's all about me. Yeah. Um, but like for the most part, like I have very much been um, honestly a people pleaser. But um, <laughs> that's but a separate I, podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's always been what can I do for other people? Right. Right. And and so like when people would ask me to help them with homework, like I'd be like, yes, let's do it. Um, when uh, they would ask for volunteers at youth group, I'd be like, yes, let's do it. Um, and um, and so it, this has just kind of become a way of life for me where I like have been like, that's, that's just kind of my love language as it were. Like it's like gifts, like service of self is, is something that like, I very much believe in it's a very core value for me. Um, <clears throat> and so when I think about my even my own experience in in youth ministry, like I have very much focused on on this idea of like giving to others. And, um, and so when I'm thinking about um, the Catholic social teachings, like this covers a couple of of different teachings there. Um, one, uh, it covers dignity of the human person, right? Um, this idea that like every person has worth um, and no one is worth more than another. 
Um, and so we we must all have um, an equal opportunity to succeed. Um, and if I if I am not doing my part to make sure that is happening, then what am I doing? Right. Um, and so and so for me, like this really speaks to this idea that like I am not seeing my students in my classroom as a number. I am not seeing them as a seat warmer. Um, they are each individual beings who need individual help um, and who learn individually. And and so like I want to do my part in in meeting those needs and, and supporting them in all that they can do. Mm. Um, and then I also think about, especially in, in, in recent times, um, the, the social teaching for solidarity, mm -hmm. um, that we are one people, right? And so even in, even in the, um, in the creed, like we hear that word, one church, Right. Um, and we all know that, like, we our eyes tend to glaze over during the homily and like we're just sort of waking up during the creed. Um, so, like, maybe we don't catch that all the time. Um, but um, like this is a core tenet of our faith that we are one church. And so to extend that further, um, like we we believe that, like, we are all one people and like, and so it is also in my best interest. Um, if I, if, even if I'm thinking selfishly, it is also in my best interest to make sure everyone around me, um, can succeed. Um, and, and so like thinking about all the protests that have occurred, um, and all of the, the issues that have come up throughout the past year, even, um, a lot of it kind of centers around solidarity and, and thinking about how are we pushing to become one people? Mm -hmm. um, and, and when I come into the classroom, like I want that to be shown through our differences, through our different lived experiences, through our different cultures and identities, like we are all working together to help each other succeed. And I think it's it's really important to, and this is something that we've talked to talked about multiple times because I'm also very interested in Catholic social teachings. It's um, one of the one of the top three reasons I became Catholic. I guess um, it is so important to always filter through um, everything we do. Is like how can and even on the personal level, like, how can I make this person sitting in front of me, how can I make their day just a smidge better than it was before I met them? Whether that's, mm -hmm. you know, the lady at the grocery store, your neighbor that's been annoying you, like, mm -hmm. everything in between. Like, because we're always called to be that source of, um, of light and joy and peace in the world. Um, and we should give that freely to um, everyone we meet because they're human beings and they are beautifully, you know, unique and created, especially for a unique purpose, you know, by our creator that we all love. Um, mm -hmm. And that in their uniqueness, I can see God in a new way. And in my uniqueness, they can see God in a new way. And so if I systematically say these people don't matter or these people don't matter less, then I'm going to miss out on a chance to see the God that I love. And so that is like a personal filter, um, you know, that I, I've been able to kind of um, try to keep. I don't always do it because, you know, everyone has a temper and everyone gets salty. Um, but, you know, it's 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 a striving for that we all strive to do, especially considering that is, you know, uh, when people ask Jesus to like, what is the most important thing? He said, love God and love your neighbor. <laughs> like, 
Those mm-hmm. are the two filters that should, in my opinion, and this is personal opinion, um, that should always be the first two filters that fall down whenever interacting with people or reading something or thinking about mm-hmm. things going on in the world is like, how is this going to help me or encourage others to love God? And how am I going to love other people through this? Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that you bring up that verse um, because um, I think about that too. Um, in, in that like Jesus like commands us to like love and, and love in these, in these different ways. And one, um, we must love God with, with all of our heart. Right. Um, and so it's kind of setting that precedent that like God is at the forefront. Right. Um, but I also think about how he like separates that other second commandment as a word, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times like people see that and they're just like, yes, love my neighbor. Um, and then like um, help each other. And like, that's really good. And I mm-hmm. think also like that is a call to action. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that like, hey, like, if you find yourself complaining a lot, like, maybe check that verse out a little bit. <laughs> um, but, like, I also think about, like, that second part about, like, loving your neighbor just as much as yourself. Um, and this idea of self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was, like, sometimes we get so caught up in, like, giving ourselves to other people that we forget that we are just as important. Right. There's this kind of like reciprocal relationship, just like we need to love each other just as much as ourselves. Um, Thinking about that conversely, um, we need to love ourselves just as much as we love others. It needs to be equal. It's like, um, you know, everyone thinks humility is like subjugating yourself and uh, beating yourself down lower than everyone else. And in reality, it's lifting others above you. Like, it's not making yourself any less or shrinking yourself down or taking up less space. It's fully mm-hmm. being you, but encouraging and uplifting it and empowering others to succeed, um, regardless of whether you have any, you know, stakes in the game or not you know Mm -hmm. simply because you know they're human and you love them you're going to lift them up and so that's always been an interesting reminder for me in that in order to serve others I don't need to lessen myself and I don't need to disregard my own needs in order to serve others and it's it's there's a balance that's important Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, for sure. Um, I spent my summer um, talking about like a lot of this and, and thinking about like there's a lot that we do as teachers um, that is given to other people. So like we provide lessons that go out to our students. Um, we give a lot of our time to make sure like that our students are learning and that parents are being notified and like all these different things. Um, and something that like is like less thought of is like, how are we taking care of ourselves? Right. And so uh, I, I like I facilitated several sessions this this summer on emotional resilience and like, what does it mean to like really reflect on like how we are doing emotionally and like, how are we taking care of ourselves? Right. Um, and then um yeah, I mean, that's really Yeah, good. And I mean, we've had this talk in campus ministry with students is like, especially particularly student leaders is like so often, and we're obviously talking in the realm of like um, prayer and, and uh, journeys of faith and things like that, of that like sometimes those moments where we feel like nothing's happening and we're talking to the wall and nothing's working and we're really angry and ornery with everybody and just complaining and all those like in your feelings type of things. And we always equate to I've done something wrong or God's not listening. You might have done something wrong. That is something to check. But in reality, the first thing I tell students to check, are you sleeping? Are you eating? Are you drinking water? 
Are you hanging out with friends? Are you taking care of your kind of physical kind of common sense things? Because I know for me, if I don't eat or sleep my allotted hours and allotted amount, I get grumpy. I am like that person on the Snickers commercial. Um, And I, you know, will bite people's heads off. And so that's usually the first thing. Well, second thing. First thing is like, do I need to go to confession? (laughs) And then I go, am I sleeping? Am I eating? Am I drinking water? And then is the question of like, okay, I'm, everything else is okay. So, you know, there's something else going on. And that's where the the deep kind of self-reflection comes in. So I think it's very interesting. That's very similar to like your emotional, um, my brain would like, what'd you call it? Emotional resilience. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar Mm -hmm. to kind of some of the things, you know, we encourage our students leaders because, um, you know, they're the ones kind of pouring themselves out, opening, Mm -hmm. you know, the door for people to like, be like, nah, I'm not interested and how Mm -hmm. not to be hurt by that. Um, you know, and that's giving without any expectation of, of receiving anything back. So the only way you can do that is to make sure that your physical and kind of common sense needs are, are met as well as kind of your spiritual needs so that that yes or that interaction isn't the thing that's going to make or break your day. Yeah, you'll be bummed and you'll be sad and things like that, but it's not going to like derail your journey. Yeah, and I think a lot about my own experience as a student leader and about the experiences of other student leaders around me whenever I was in college. And one thing that like we very, very much struggled with, um, like almost every year there was someone who like got burnt out and like left CCM because like they just couldn't handle um, all the stressors. Um, And like there were were various factors that played into like each person's decision. Um, but like, as a college student, like my, like one of my flaws was honestly, like not factoring in enough time for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, like I was very consistently like going to class and then, uh, not doing homework. And then, um, (laughs) what, what, (laughs) what? (laughs) and then going to like band practice and then going to CCM and like doing all these sorts of things. And I'm just like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm giving myself to other people. And like, you know what, like self reflection and like self love looks like, it looks like prayer. It looks like sitting in adoration. It looks like, Hey, like I'm going to spend a little exactly like it i am taking time to like listen to myself honestly and like it sounds a little hippie but like maybe they had something going right (laughs) um like it's it's this it's this idea that like there is a lot of noise in the world Mm -hmm. um what are we doing to make sure that we are like shutting out those noises and listening to god and to what he has to say and to how we are responding to him, yeah. right? I was very, very good about relating to other people. Like I could like walk in and chat with with different people. Like I loved being in music ministry because like that was that was my jam. Yeah, literally. Um, like these were all really good ways that I connected to others and loved others. Um, I was not so great at prayer. Um, (laughs) And like, I think that's where a a lot of things kind of like shifted for me was that like, I was not taking time to like, listen to, to myself and listen to what God had to say for me specifically. Um, I went through like a pretty rough patch um, my last two years. So like 2014, 2015, I like really hit a rough patch with, with school specifically. And like, it got to the point where like, I did, was, I did not graduate on time. Um, so it was 2015 and I was seeing the rest of my class walk across that stage. And I was like, uh, that's awkward. Um, but, um, I think a large part of that was like, was I really listening to like what my body was saying and what my mind was saying and what my spirit was saying? Yeah. Um, and like, 
I was able to spend some time after that um, to really reflect on like, what am I doing with my life? And like, where am I going? Um, And like, I figured it out. Um, And I came back in and like, now I like, I am in like the most stressful place in my life. And like, I feel like this is where I belong. And it's weird because I'm just like, there is so much happening right now. And also I'm just like, hmm. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the other thing that people don't don't often think about when they're thinking about college um, or even just times of like mentoring or or training or whatever is like, um, particularly college, because that's who I work with. um, That is a really cool span of time where you get to try things out and fail but maybe not completely destroy everything. Like there needs to be the, the willingness to try something new and try something to see if it works. And if it fails being like, huh, that happened. And then like being able to pick yourself back up. And on the flip side, having the ability to say no and mean it and understand what it means. And so um, that is one of the things that, um, took a long time for me as a person to learn is again, yes, people raise your hand. Um, yeah, I, I still was, haven't learned that lesson. So, I mean, I'm never a hundred percent going to learn that lesson, but I'm better than I used to be. Um, mm-hmm. I was always the person willing to stay after for everything to help. I'd always come early. I'd pick up the slack everywhere. Plates did not fall. Mm-hmm. in my vicinity um if i can help it i would let all of my plates fall to keep everyone else's up um and it took a really awesome mentor kind of looking at me and be like you're gonna be burnt out white-haired and like running to be a hermit by the time you're 40 i'm 39 now and i was like mm, i don't think so and then the next week i came i was like tell me how not to do this and i was like crying in their <laughs> office and they're like Figure out what you actually want to do and say no to the things that you just cannot do or you don't have the skills to do. So that doesn't mean saying no to everything that isn't like perfectly fitting because, you know, sometimes the things we want and need, we're going to have to sacrifice for. And so sometimes I do sacrifice a little bit of sleep to make something super perfect because I'm obsessed about it. Um, But that's my choice. I'm choosing to sacrifice versus structuring my life to everything is sacrificed. And so now I feel like if I tell someone no, that I'm not available or I don't think I'm the right person for it, I'm confident in saying that because I know myself and I've taken the time to kind of figure out my priorities and where what things I'm willing to sacrifice and what things I, I can't. And so it makes it much more um, exciting all those times that I do get to say yes. Or those times that, you know, what I thought was a no, you know, months later turned into a yes because I was able to say no the first time. And mm-hmm. I didn't get burnt out trying to make it work. Yeah, I... I think first I like connect with all of those things, um, every single one. Um, and I like, I have definitely like have like started to be more selective about like, what am I like, am I truly being intentional about like where I am? Because like my time is important and like the places that I give myself to are also important. Um, and like, I, like I can only be in so many places at once. Um, and so like making sure like that, I like um, recognize that like saying yes to something and then ditching is honestly sometimes worse than saying no in the first place. 150% um, my campus minister heart and type A personality just like leapt for joy. Cause I would rather have yeah. a no than someone goes. Right. And I think ultimately it boils <laughs> down to communication. Right. And that is something that has been like 100 percent on on the forefront for me. Um, I have a lot to work on in like saying no. 
Um, one growth that I've definitely seen um, for myself, both professionally and personally, is like speaking what's on my mind mm -hmm. um, and, and being comfortable in doing that. Um, I was the person that was just like, oh, well, like this person's just like complaining, but I'm just going to like chill and like just just let it happen um or um i would be like oh well i have this opinion but like it might rock the boat so like eh, i'm just gonna keep it to myself it's right. it's fine everything's fine and <laughs> then you're just like uh but it's not um and so um especially this year i have been very intentional about like speaking my mind and saying like hey like this is what I, this is what I want to see. And like, I, like, I want to work on this and like, I see this for you and like, I want to see how I can help you in this and like really being able to just like say, I mean, honestly, just like say what you need to say. Right. Um, there's this whole song about it. Look it up. Um, <laughs> um but, <laughs> um, but like it's it's very very it's very true. Like obviously, like figure out how best to say it. But right. Um. But say it. Like yeah. first, no one's gonna read your mind. Mm -hmm. So like, don't don't freak out if people aren't doing what you said or what you wanted, and you didn't say it. Like okay. <laughs> um. But also. <laughs> um. But also, like, your voice means just as much as everyone else's. Absolutely. Um, so. And you never know, yeah. like, you speaking up, even if it, you know, ultimately is the, the decision that's picked or whatever, might empower someone else to speak up, and they may have the best idea ever. But that's not saying every idea that comes through your mind needs to come out of your mouth. <laughs> um, but I think it is so important to... Um, not only kind of empower that in ourselves, but to encourage that in other people. Um, you know, I know there's been a couple students who have commented that, you know, through their time at CCM, that they were able to be able to speak up in conversations more um, than they had when they kind of came into college. I think it's a combination of their classes in CCM. I'm not going to take all the credit. Um, but I definitely think, you know, it is vital to be those examples and to, you know, be willing to sometimes take it on the chin when you mess up, because um, that's how we learn. So, um, so before this podcast gets crazy long, um, I wanted to do a hard left turn and kind of also talk about some of the other things that you're passionate about, because um, I think so often um, people assume Catholics you know, to be Catholic means to be one thing or, you know, to have one interest or to be like, you know, saints, you know, picture like veils and hands bowed and self-spoken and like, you know, stereotypical thing. Um, but I found that there are not only a million ways to be Catholic, but there are a million things to be passionate about that connects both to our Catholic faith and to our personhood. So... Um, I wanted to open the door to see, like, what are some of the things that you are passionate about that kind of mm -hmm. gives you life and helps you kind of inspires you and gives you energy to do all these amazing access service that you do um, through education and through your church. Yeah. So speaking to like this idea of like, what does it look like to be holy, especially in like the millennial age? um or this like whole new age of technology right um i like want to talk about like uh i don't know if he has been beatified yet um but there's that um i'm, I'm looking at the article right now um there is a teenager mm -hmm. um carlo acutis who is like is being beatified um here soon um and um and like he died at 15 but like he was like a typical teenager like he like played playstation and like did a lot of things with his uh with computers and all these sort of things and it's just like mm, 
does a saint or a blessed really do that? And I'm just like, well, they did, but stop for their age. Like, I mean, St. Francis didn't have a PlayStation, but like, if he did, I feel like he would play it. Um, <laughs> I feel like he would play I mean, Minecraft a lot. <laughs> I'm sure they played like soccer and like. You know, right. Yeah, exactly. Beer with friends. Like they were, yeah. they were normal people as well. And I think that's super important because so often we beat ourselves up of like, mm-hmm. I need to be that in order to be a good Catholic or I need to be that to be a good follower of Christ. Yeah. And sometimes, yes, because we all got things we should be doing. But mm-hmm. in reality, it's what has God made me to do and made me passionate about that can ultimately like connect to someone who no one else can connect to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so like there are a whole bunch of like different gifts that we are given um that speak to um how we live our lives right um and so like our pathway to holiness is not going to look the same as someone else's um and so this leads me to one of my most recent obsessions and you already know what i'm going to talk about um (laughs) but i have started playing um so i started playing dungeons and dragons like uh like two or three mm, like two years ago i think um, and it's just kind of taken off. Um, and people might hear this and say, oh my gosh, D&D? Isn't that like, that's bad. And I was just like, mm. but no, it's really just storytelling mm-hmm. um, with dice. Um, with chaos. <laughs> and mixed with, right, with, with, with chaos. Um, and so I'm not going to go into like the like religious aspects of like, should I really be like playing D&D? Like yeah, figure that out for yourself. Right, exactly. Um, what I will say is is this. Um, in D&D, like as a player, you are in charge of a character and that character just kind of becomes a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, through the choices that you make, like you kind of navigate your way through this entire world. Um its connection to like our faith here is that like we have like a set number of things right at the beginning. Um, Like we choose the race and the class and the ability scores for these characters. And we kind of like place them however we want. And then we're just like, okay, be a person, have fun. (laughs) Um, And so it, it reminds me of like the gifts God has, has given us, right? It's just like God throwing out, billions of character sheets out into the world and saying, <laughs> okay, here's like, uh, Bernard's going to be super charismatic and super wise, but dang, he is not strong at all. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so like these different things and like, um, and so like there are gifts that like, I'm just naturally good at. There are other things that I like have to work on. Um, and, and then, there are there are things that kind of just naturally develop in my life because of the choices and the paths that I'm taking. Um, and and so like I I think a lot about like how DD empowers me to tell this story. Um, and in the same way, like God has empowered me to like tell my own story. Um, to go out there and make these these choices for myself. And he says, hey, dude, you have free will. Um, go at it. Um, and like, yeah, there will be like chaos along the way. Um, like in D&D, like you roll like these 20 sided dice and like they <laughs> essentially like rule your entire life. Um, but like a nat one is super bad and that 20 is super good. Right. And so like there are going to be some nat ones and nat twenties in my life. Um, Like I, I mean, I'll open up um, on this random podcast. Um, (laughs) Like, like I have been dealing with a bunch of stuff like over the past few months and, um, and like, it's been a struggle to kind of like navigate through that. Mm. Um, But at the, like on the other side of it, like I see God. Um, And I recognize this as like, as a way for me to, um, 
to journey forward um, and, and say like, this is a, this is a challenge for me in, in the moment, but like, I know that there is something more at the end of this. Um, and it doesn't make my situation worse or better. Um, it, it's a reality, right? right? That, that God is, is there for me. Um, and so, um, so yeah, like, I, I think that, um, as, as we are talking about this, like it, it brings to mind this idea of gifts and this idea of, of, of choice and, and ultimately, like I have the choice to say yes to um, dice, uh, to God's like dice rolls for me every day, um, <laughs> and um, and like I I decide like how that works out for me, um, but ultimately I trust in what he's he's doing and what he wants for me. Because right. um, you never know what the story is going to turn after you, the fact. Your DM, you don't. Can do crazy things with some good roles right. and some bad roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can do what I can in the moment. Yeah. Um, but there is that level of trust and, um, and I am going to trust that like God has given me the gifts to persevere and um, to ultimately thrive and live in joy. Um, and like, I'm holding on to that. Um, especially in this time of the pandemic. Um, like that is something that I want um, and I need to hold on to is, is this idea that like it will get better. Mm-hmm. And also that like, again, like this is a moment that will, will shape all of us. And, and we already see that, like we have gone through so many things this year, um, through all the protests and um, the election, um, and all these different things. And I'm I'm not going to get political, but like I, I like what I will say is that like this year has shaped us, um, and and God has provided these opportunities for us to to grow and to thrive and um, and to persevere. Um, we see that for ourselves, we see that in our nation, we see that in our world. And, and so bottom line, I, I think that like, um, like I am who God made me and like I live every day um, to make choices to find my path of joy. Absolutely. Well, that's a great note to end on. I can't <laughs> add any wisdom to that. So um, I'm just going to say thank you for sharing so much and being yeah, so Thanks for having and, me. Um, you know, honest with us. And so we really appreciate it. And we're sure we're going to see you again on this podcast. So that's it for our podcast. Thanks for listening. And uh, check back in a week or two. for listening to this week's episode of the Conway Catholic Podcast. If you would like to know more about Conway Catholic, the ministries we do here in Central Arkansas, or want to reach out to me with some cool ideas on guests or features for future podcasts, you can reach out to us at conwaycatholic.com. Thanks again for listening.